Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for taking the time out and being with us today. We appreciate you uh, sharing your lunchtime with us or whatever time it is for you. And um, just want to just share a little bit with you today about spiritual literacy. I didn't realize that this month is National Spiritual Literacy Month. It was started by a couple of authors uh, back in 1996. Um, They wanted to encourage people to read texts from different religions and to gain respect for the world's religions and the spiritual traditions and stuff like that. But we want to. I want to ask you know a little bit. I want to get more into what spiritual literacy means. To you and to uh, a couple of our guests that we have with us today. So, um, and I'm going to give the number out in case you have questions or comments. The number is 516-387-1944 because we talk about regular literacy, um, command of of our language and being able to read and all that. We talk more now about financial literacy but do we get into spiritual literacy? So I'm pleased and blessed to have two people on today. Um, Reverend Doris Hamilton, you may be familiar with her uh, a couple years back. She is the mom of one of our favorite guests, Kevin Anderson, who uh, uh, she joined us on Mother's Day back in 2022, and uh, well, for Mother's Day. And also back with us, uh, Minister Neil Jones, youth minister here in Central Florida, and good morning to both of you. How are you doing? Good morning. So, good morning. All is well. Thanks for having me. Blessed to have both of you. Thank you so much. Because I just think this is a good time to talk about this, especially since we get more, I, I think, scripture thrown at us and more um, you know, talk about the spirit of Christmas, but we need to kind of talk about, and I, I want to be clear, not necessarily, when we talk about spiritual, spirituality, a lot of times people think of spirituality is, um, you know, a synonym for religion, and that's not always the case. So, Reverend Hamilton, I want to talk to you first and get get your perspective about what you think spiritual spiritual literacy is or should be or should mean. Um, good morning again. I believe that spiritual lit- literacy gives us the ability to read the signs that point to the actual presence of spirit within us. But I must say that uh, in discussing spiritual literacy, I can only come from one viewpoint because I am um, a Christian, and so I speak from that viewpoint, and I'm just unapologetically a Christian, and I believe in God and the Bible. But there are many different kinds of spiritual literacy, but that's, that's where I come from. And that gives me the ability to identify, to analyze, and to evaluate information, to locate resources from different religious viewpoints uh, within the context and within within myself and compare it with mine. Because I I must understand the things of God and the word of God and then equate it to my personal life. 
Minister Jones, what about you? I agree. Um, my my pers- I agree with what she said. My perspective is a little uh, more different because um, I got my uh, my doctorate. I got my doctorate in religious religious philosophy, so I had to do a lot of different studying about different religions and how someone gets converted to other religions or deconverts to things and all that stuff, and having a different perspective or aspect of having to study how other religions come into play or come into knowledge of conversion, I I can say without a shadow of a doubt, when someone becomes a Buddhist or a Confucianist or even they, uh, they convert to Islam, they are almost um, disciplined to download as much history as possible to be able to comprehend um, the depths of their belief. And at times as a Christian, we don't or it's not as imparted in us to get as much information through books and the Bible uh, over experience. And I think I think that draws a different um, a different experience, a different journey. When someone, as a believer, we have a church we go to, we're a part of things of nature, as other religions has temples. Yet I believe that the study that other religions give to their belief is much more intentional as a whole than ours as as, as a Christian. Um, I'm not promoting any other religion by no means. I'm unapologetically saved by the blessed Jesus. I just understand that if we are going to talk, going to highlight spirit literacy, that we need to be, uh, understand that we need to also continue to study about what we believe and be around the like mind, be around people with like minds, to be able to have um, good, healthy conversations, to learn stuff and to unlearn stuff and to relearn appropriately. I don't believe that uh, as a whole, the black church does or church church in general does that as well as other uh, as other beliefs, if that makes sense. So let me ask, and I'm going to start with you, Minister Jones. Do you think, because you talked about the way that other, uh, I guess, cultures or other um, faiths or religions embrace their faith or embrace their spirituality, do you think that we, especially Christians in this country maybe may be spiritually illiterate and and part, partly because I think we think we're supposed to suppress we get I think almost pressured to suppress talking or sharing about our faith or our spiritual beliefs because of let's say for one thing separation of church and state or um, an unwillingness mm-hmm. to, or, or hesitancy to offend, or maybe just not having enough of the tools uh, or knowledge about what we believe in, or, or what guides or motivates us spiritually, to be able to talk confidently about our spirituality. I, I believe it's the latter. I believe that uh, as many great leaders that we have we have had and still have today and those who are developing, I don't believe that some of the leaders had the access to some of the tools that are needed to, to prepare, let's say, the next generation about what we believe. Um, I believe that the tools, uh, learning how to use tools to get access to them helps us to understand things differently and better because we all learn diff- in different ways. But I do believe that uh, the illiteracy that spiritual illiteracy or ignorance people have just comes from the aspect of they didn't know that there was other things to learn about it. They didn't know. And sometimes the leader doesn't know either. And I think exposure helps with that. Uh, humility helps with that when they come around some things to be able to learn things differently. So I think that helps with all Reverend, that as well. Reverend Hamilton, what is your take? Um, I believe that, uh, I agree with him to a certain extent. I believe that of all the religions that we can possibly think about, everybody adheres to to the study of their own more so than the Christian. We have a tendency not to read our Bible, not to do the things that we should do. And And especially in the black community, we seem to, if we go to church, a lot of us don't even attend services now. And if we go to church, we, just, we tend to take what the preacher says uh, as, as the law and walk out. We don't question it. We just, you know, we fulfill that little duty that we felt we needed to fulfill. 
on Sunday morning and we've gone and heard the sermon. Now we can get on with our day. But we do not take mm-hmm. the time, our religion, as we should about Christianity. All of, if you can ask the Muslim, he can tell you everything there is about being a Muslim, a Buddhist, mm-hmm. the same, and the other religions, the same. But when you question us, we come up short. We cannot say certain things, but we must learn. And those of us who know better must be about the business of learning our people uh, to develop a deeper awareness of the meaning of what's in the Bible and how it relates to us today. And we fall short in that uh, particular aspect. So I tend to think mm-hmm. that we are lazy Christians, okay? Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to do the hard work, in my opinion, okay? And I don't, I'm not trying to offend anybody. But like you said, you know, we were just talking about not being able to talk confidently or, or fully embrace, you know, our, our faith, our spirituality. Um, and we, because especially as adults, because we don't fully understand or know or or are willing or able to embrace it, we don't try to get our children to. You know, I remember, for example, um, you know, not necessarily talking about spirituality, but I just remember my mom saying about wanting to make sure that I was exposed to a lot of different things so, you know, I could, you know, talk confidently or be aware of what's going on in a variety of different situations, you know. Um, And they, you know, if she didn't know or if my dad didn't know, they got, they either read up or they got someone in my life that knew or took me somewhere where I could learn. Mm. But we have a tendency to say, I'm not going to make my child go to church. I'm not going to make my child read the Bible, Uh, you know, but you're the parent, you know, and even if you don't know, you should know enough to get someone in that child's life that knows, that can guide, even if you're not confident. And probably in the process, you as the adult could, as the parent, could learn as well. It could be a journey that you take with your child. Am I wrong? No, you're not not wrong at all. Go ahead. Not wrong at all. I I, I think that I think um, that comes down to a value system and what one what one's value. I grew up in a house. My father was a career actor and entertainer. He's still acting now. You know, and my um. And my uh, mom, my mom was an uh, educator. She's a principal right now as well. So education and learning how to read and comprehend was something that was really big in my household. And we had to learn how to play music and be. We had to, had to use the things God has given us. And we had to start using that at church first, <laughs> and understand why we were giving our gifts up to God. And so that was instilled inside of us. So because that was rooted inside of me and my sisters, we did that to our kids. But for but the next family, they weren't they weren't instilling the roots of the uh, into into them. So, as my family does, we pass it on. The next family won't. And as we all know, as generations go further and further, it's going to get weaker and weaker. Whatever was rooted or not rooted. So, I think that that lazy the lazy Christian part, the lazy people part, the mindset that is very real. It's extremely detrimental because um, living Sunday to Sunday off the word is not going to get it. Reverend Hamilton, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I believe uh, the same thing. I grew up the same way. Um, I had to, mom took me to church, and I had to mm-hmm. grow up in church. I had to do the things that uh, people do in church. And I had, but my mom also, um, she was a day worker, but she looked around her, and she took um, some of the things that she saw other people do, and she said, it's working for them, so I think it's going to work for me. So in that respect, I had to read. I didn't have the people that she worked for, did days work for, their children read. So I had to read. She introduced that to me at an early age. 
So that mm-hmm. developed in me a curiosity to read about everything. I wanted to know how other cultures worked, how other people lived. And at the same by the same token, when my children came along, my sons, I made it was a requirement they had to read. And so they've done the fairs. But in many households, this was not the case. Uh, in my generation, mm-hmm. we went to church. If you didn't go to church, you didn't go anywhere else that day. You had to stay mm-hmm. But, but, right. my, but as That's my right. generation grew up and began to have children of their own, they took a different stand. They didn't want their, they didn't want to make their children go to church. They, if church wasn't as important to them. They would show up on certain holidays that they felt that they needed to show their faith on Easter, on Christmas. Um, but the, other than that, they did not do anything to bring Christianity into the household. And so then we have been responsible for uh, allowing another generation to evolve that could care less about what's going on in the Christian community. And so we're becoming weaker and weaker. And nobody wants to say that they're a child of this, that, or the other. When you ask the person, are you a Christian? Or are you, everybody wants to say, oh, yes, I'm a Christian, but they can't talk to you about what, what Christianity means. Mm. Yeah, because in some cases too, oh, that's the truth right there. they're not practicing it the way they should, too. We're going to take a quick break. Um, one of the things that, according to uh, this uh, this guide that talks about observing spiritual literacy months, it says simply put, number one, it says simply put, it's good for your soul. It says reading a spiritual book opens your mind in ways you probably didn't realize it could. It also offers an uplifting refreshing view of the world and the universe we live in. So we're going to talk more uh, with Reverend Hamilton and Minister Jones when we come back. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking about Spiritual Literacy Month this month. And let's be clear, if you can't read, there is no longer excuses for that now. There are so many books on audio. While you're doing chores around the house or whatever it is, we tend to multitask, you know, you're in your car or whatever, uh, uh, an audio book. And take the time to at least listen, you know, so that you are able to, you know, ingest a little bit of the the spiritual, you know, feeding that's coming and, and maybe help share it with some other people. So we are here with Reverend Doris Hamilton and Minister Neil Jones. And the number, if you have questions or comments, 516-387-1944. It says that spiritual, you know, reading a spiritual book can also lower your stress levels. Just wanted to throw that out there because I think there's a lot of people in need of that. So, Okay. I, you know, everybody, most Christians have a big old Bible somewhere in their house, or there's a pocket Bible, or there's a Bible online, or whatever. The Bible, for some, is quite intimidating. You know, I I have to start off with this massive, and we say book, but actually, we need to break that down and get people to understand that Bible is a collection of books. So, you can take one book of the Bible at a time and go through it, you know, read it, reread it, discuss it, take it to your, you know, your spiritual advisor, ask the questions that you need to in order to get some some of that spiritual feeding. 
Um, because also, too, the one thing about getting getting it from the word is, is that you, you have to be able at some point to discern what is real and what is not. Because sometimes you can ask the wrong person to, right. uh, I guess, decipher the word for you, and you may not, not get what you're supposed to get or what you need. Um, how do you how do you um, and I want to I want to talk I want to start with you, uh, Minister Jones. How do you get people to feel more comfortable about approaching their Bibles as the the main source for spiritual feeding? I honestly read it, and I introduce them to different translations, and I read those translations. So when I do teach. I do my videos. Uh, I I always say I prefer the New King James Version, but today I'm going to read from the Passion Translation or the NIV or uh, the Message Version. I try to introduce as many different versions, and hopefully through the different um, rhythm and flow of different of different words and vocabulary, it will catch them. And I would say, hey, you can also read this commentary. That's uh, that's that, that's helpful as well. And I try to give them as many uh, resources as possible, so so they can go to. And these, and these are the same resources that I use for my when I preach, when I teach, when I study. And I I, I try to keep a, a line of communication open to people. Like if you're interested in this, this is what I do. If you got questions, just call me, email me, text me. We can work through it. And I find that to be helpful, especially for those who really want it. And to be all honest, some people just don't want as much as the next person when it comes down to. Um, finding finding a Bible form, so for those who struggle and just are and, and and they had a bad experience with it, I say, hey, let's just start over, and we just I I gotta just meet them where they are and just introduce them to as many different resources as I can, and that seems to work. What about hmm. you, Reverend Hamilton? Um, when I teach, I tend to. Uh, one of my beliefs is that you need to have a translation that you understand. A lot of folk will have the King James Version, but they don't understand it. They get all wound up and twisted up in the in the, in right. the light, uh, the shoe, shoe, shoe forth and thee and thou. And so they mm-hmm. spend all of their time trying to pronounce the words, and they have missed the whole thing. And I try to let them know that reading the Bible, studying the Bible, is just can must be just as intimate to you as the underwear that you select to wear. Uh, I can't pick out for you what you need, nor can you pick it out for me. But but get something that you understand a translation that's important, so that you can you can receive from it everything that you are seeking. I also want them to know that the Bible is an exciting book to read. You can find everything mm-hmm. in it that you want. You know, if you like mystery or uh, uh, suspense novels, you can find it in the Bible. You want a love story. There's no greater love story than the book of Ruth. You, uh, if you want to read about adventure, mm-hmm. if you want to read about fighting, read about David's 30 uh, men that, that had uh, miraculous skills in fighting, that everything that you want is found between the pages of Genesis and Revelation. And I try to instill within them that enthusiasm to go forth, get something that I really understand, and so let me read this like I read any other book, and to ask God to create within me a desire to know your word and to learn your word. Then I will know when I sit in the temple if somebody happens to veer off of your word because there are many false teachers out here, and how else will I know mm-hmm. if I have not studied myself? That, that is so true. What she said was dead on. Oh, because I, I, remember I told my kids, I told, you know, talk to the kids, young people, I tell them the first book you wasn't Shrek, it was in the Bible. You know what I mean? Like you know, and you know, we're able to relate some of the stories to movies and say, Yo, it came from the Bible. You know, the story three hundred, you know, when Gideon and his three hundred and, and they're able to see, Oh, everything comes from the Bible? Yes, everything comes from the Bible. Anything you need from Genesis Revelation. That was also when she expressed that. Yeah. 
I remember I, I read a, a book that made me kind of want to go back and uh, read a little bit more about um, Moses and his relationship with his wife. It was um, about Zipporah, who was a, a, a Kushite. Um, and, you know, I, I was like, okay, I need to go back and look at a little bit more about, not just in the Bible, but in other places in terms of, let's get some context. Who who were the Kushites? Okay, um, you know mm-hmm. why why did people have and apparently there were issues with people having problems with uh, um, uh, Moses's wife because of where she came from, you know, and, and who she was, and so um, like you said, there's so many different stories. Uh, but one of the things that I miss about uh, a, I want to say TBS, but one of the things I miss about one of the religious stations is that they used to have movies, you know, that made me kind of once I during nights that I couldn't sleep, I watch movies and I want to get up and go read and say, okay, how much of this is true? Where did this come from? You know, and it it, it like you said, it's just like having regular stories that they make up, except a lot of these stories were real you know, maybe embellished a little bit by the time they get to, to TV or in, in a book outside of the Bible, but there's, there's truth to some of that, and it makes you want to kind of go back and say, hmm, okay, how did this really begin? Where did this really come from? You know, so uh, I think that is, is really uh, important to understand that uh, it wasn't, like they say, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No, this is stuff that is a part of our history, you know, the the background that, you know, a part of our makeup, and, and we should know, just like we go and do um, Ancestry.com and 23andMe, the Bible should be one of those places where we go back and look at the stories that, that are behind who we are, you know, and, and that, I think, in a way, strengthens us a little bit more spiritually, so... Um, Minister Jones, I know you have to go in a few minutes, so uh, I wanted to find out. Now, there are, for example, books that are, let's say, prohibited or banned or, or whatever, um, you know, from the Bible. Do Is there a problem, let's say, going outside of what the books are in the Bible to get additional information that can feed us spiritually? Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it can lead to a problem. Um, the Apocrypha, that's what it's uh, referred to as books that are left out of the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. And I've read them, and they're literally just fairy tale stories about, it's like a branch of a story that's in the Bible already. They don't, they never need to be in the Bible, but the, with the 66 books that we read, I think people got to be careful and use discernment by what they read. And the Bible is very clear. It says, do not add or take away from the word of God. And everything that mm-hmm. we need is in the Bible. And I do think that something that we read that, that aid the word of the Bible, um, a pastor's book or an apostle's book or someone who has writing a, was writing uh, an expression further uh, of opinion about what's in the Bible, I think it can help. But I also think it can be very, very detrimental if you're not if you don't have an understanding of what the Bible says already, if you're just going in there just saying, oh, this will help, this will help with no um, help to guide you, you're just trying to do stuff, it can lead you down, and I've seen it lead people down a whole uh, rabbit hole of thought. And one has to be careful with that. And uh, you want to see who wrote the book, research the author, and find out what they believe, because people will word into something that it's just, it's just not. I understand. Uh, I'm going to let you go. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back with Reverend Hamilton. I'm going to expand on that with you. And and I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned, Reverend Hamilton, about the thee and the thou. So um, thank you, Minister Jones. Really appreciate your time. Uh, You all stay with us. The number is 516-387-1944 if you have questions or comments. G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. We'll be right back. At Vintage Labs Collection, 
We are a multifaceted team of medical professionals dedicated to delivering the best quality products to patients. Our mission is to deliver the best supplement and patient outcomes in healthcare environments and consumer homes. Chat with our consulting pharmacists by visiting our website at www.vintagelabscollection.com. Supplements are not highly regulated, but Vintage Labs holds the standards higher than most. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking spiritual literacy this month, and we want to thank Minister uh, Neil Jones for being with us earlier. We are back with Reverend Doris Hamilton. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Reverend Hamilton, um, I I posed a question and started with Minister Jones. I wanted to come back to you about the, uh, I guess you could say, concerns, pros and cons maybe of uh, reading books that, let's say, or or any material that maybe have been eliminated from the Bible or or anything outside of the Bible. What is your perspective on that? Um, Jones said, he talked about the Apocrypha. It will give you additional information and additional understanding if there's something that you happen to be uh, researching. But if you want uh, the Bible for daily living, which is what most Christians look for, then you want mm-hmm. to have the Bible in a translation that you can understand. There are many inspirational writers out here who really do bless your very soul, you know. Uh, but still, you need to have a firm foundation in the Bible in order to know that you are reading strong, sound, biblically-based material. If you don't mm-hmm. have that, then you don't know when that particular writer decides to veer off into unknown territory or I would say unrighteous territory. And that's how many people are led astray in their in their beliefs. You know, we mm-hmm. have churches who uh will lead people astray. So in order for you to stay in the straight and narrow as to as they put it, uh you've got to develop a relationship with God and it's through the reading of his word as found in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have folks folks, you know, I read, I really like. Um uh, and I'm really inspired by these folks, you know, but I but I still know God's word so that I can stay in line with what it is with my beliefs and what it is I should or should not do. Exactly. And that's the one thing that Christians I think fall short of you know we just don't we just don't read the bible we just don't uh you know we take and when we go to bible study we just take the preacher's word for it we don't take the time to go and look and see if something he said was uh correct or incorrect we just follow it blindly and that's dangerous yes yes because even though these people are are, have have studied um they may have been ordained or whatever they're still human, and so you have to recognize that because they're human, they are fallible, so you have to kind of um, have a sense of discernment and, and just realize that um, even though, you know, they, they may be interpreting where you may not clearly understand, you still have, it's still upon you to go back and, and read the word. Um, that's just like when we buy stuff, and, and although a lot of us fail with this, there are warranties and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you you need to read the warranty. You need to sign the little paper that gives you the coverage on on the item that you're purchasing. Uh, and, and a lot of times we <laughs> we fail because we don't want to. I, why don't we want to read? I don't understand it. And speaking of reading, I wanted to get back to something you were saying about the the V and the thou. And I think part of that V and thou has to do with us not being not necessarily spiritually literate, but just literate um, because thee and thou comes from old English. If, you know, I mean, so and a lot of other words come from old English and have been translated to American English. So, for example, thou uh the is you, thou is your, um, thine 
is yours. I mean, those are the things I learned coming up. So, you know, for so for me, translating you and your and yours um, from thee, thou, and thine, it, it it just never it never dawned on me that that would be part of an issue for people being able to understand uh, the Bible. But I came up the same way. But here's the mm-hmm. difference. When I came along, uh, you know, the thee, thou, the shoe forth, and whatnot, these were just words to be spoken. You know, it didn't really mm-hmm. sink in because I didn't really fully understand what I was reading, but, but I read it so much until it got to be a part of me. And then when I began to read it in another translation, it opened my eyes to a brand new horizon. You know, this is different. You know, and I could really mm. see and understand. But yet, there again, I'm old school, so there's some things that I will revert back to of uh, the mm-hmm. old language because now I understand what it means. But when I was coming along, I didn't really understand. I just, you know, I read what was to be read. Yeah. And, you know, in church, you weren't getting the full meaning of stuff. You just heard, you heard words, you learned things, you had poems you had to read, you had to, you had to learn, you had certain scriptures that were repeated often. And so you, you began to know what they were and you thought you knew what they meant. But when you get a, another translation, then you really begin to, uh, to see what is and what, what was and what was not. But there's nothing, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. The same things that are going on today, they were happening way back when. That's why right. we have our Bible characters in the Old Testament to kind of show us the things that um, we need to uh, uh, show us the, their way of life. And then we realize that our way of life really isn't that much different. The same thing is going on. You know, wars, rumors of wars, uh, mm-hmm. people are still violent. You know, they maybe they didn't have guns, but they had some mean hours, you know, so, mm-hmm. This is still going on. Clubs, fists, all kind of stuff. Yes. Use what was there. The Bible was really, um, really speaks to us about being uh, uh, beware of the false teachers. Because, uh, you know, Colossians, of the, of the latter New Testament books, they all warn us severely about the false teachers. And I, I can, you know, and even in the Bible, you'll find one. There was a guy in the Bible named uh, Thutis, and he had a lot of followers at, at the same mm-hmm. time that Jesus was there, and he had his followers. But the difference is Thutis was a false uh, person, and so he died. And when he died, he stayed dead. But Jesus rose in three days. So that gives you the difference between the two. The same thing that uh, you learned then, they're still happening now. We're not being raised from the dead, but we realize that in time and when Jesus comes back again. So we need to to really develop an interest in his word. And we'll be surprised at what we find out. That's so true. So true. All right. So. Let's say this is part. We have a tendency around this time to make those New Year's resolutions. So let's say I want to make my resolution to become more spiritually literate. But you know, I think one of the things that we have to realize is that our our time frames for each person may vary. So just because I, I think people need to understand that everybody's spiritual journey is different. And it's not the not just learning from uh, the Bible, but also learning from your real life experiences, and also learning how, and knowing how to apply what you do learn from the Bible, what you do learn from God's word, how to apply it to your your everyday circumstances. So, if I say if I say to you, okay, uh, Reverend Hamilton, I want to make a New Year's resolution to become more spiritual, spiritually literate. Where do I start? How do, how do you guide me? First of all, I would tell you, don't worry about making a New Year's re- resolution. I don't make okay. them. Because resolutions, okay. you make them one minute and you forget them the next. You hold to it and, mm. and then you go on to something else. But what it, I turn to 
God, and I ask him, you know, so much of this stuff, God, I talk to him like I talk to you or anybody else, and just say, you know, so much of this stuff, God, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I would like to know more, and I need you to point me in the direction that I should go. Uh, I, I need you to create in me and hunger for your word so that I will begin to try to learn more about you. Then I need you to show me what it is that I should select and how I should go about doing because I believe that you are real. I believe that you are alive. I believe in you, your son, and the Holy Spirit. So therefore, I need you to show me. Talk to me. Tell me because I'm not getting it. And I need to hear from you. And then get still, go about your business, and you will, he will reveal himself to you and how you should go about and what it is that you should do. You just can't pick up a book and say, oh, I'm going to read this. This is going to begin my journey because that might not be where God wants you to begin. Mm. Okay, I got you. So let's say also, too, um, I've, I think I'm okay so far with my journey. Let's say I'm at a different point, but I want to help somebody else. I have a child I want to help, or I have a brother or sister or some relative or neighbor that I think I should be involved in in helping them uh, get on the start their journey, you know, or get back on track, get back on. I guess you could say get back on the wagon, so to speak. Um, how do I come? How do I approach that person? How do I, I come into the picture, and what do I do, or do I do anything? That's the thing. Now, I think a lot of times we think that, I think sometimes we think we're supposed to help, we're supposed to do this, and sometimes it may not be for, up to us. So, what's your take on that? The children part is easy, you know, because there are many uh, children's books out here about the Bible, about lessons in life you know, where you reach out and help someone else, being kind to someone. All of these are living out uh, the words of Christ to show forth uh, your your kindness, to be in fellowship with uh, one another, not to uh, look down on anybody else or bully someone else. All of these can be found in animated books that really help children, and you can read it to them. You can discuss it with them. When I take uh, my great-granddaughter, when we go to the movies, uh, they want to see their little uh, movies or whatnot. I want to talk. When we come out, I want to talk. I want to know what did you get out of it. I don't care what age they are. Uh, what did you get out of it? How did you understand it? And then that gives me an opportunity to explain it because everything is not about saying Jesus, Jesus, uh, Lord, Lord. There are other ways that we can show uh, Christ in our lives without actually coming out doing that. As for adults, the life you live, speaks volumes, you know, to a person more so than trying to get them to get into the Bible, the life you live. If you go to church, invite them to go with you. If you know that they have gone through something that you have experienced and you came through it, then be open, be able to share your life, the experience that you had and how God delivered you, how you came out of it, because then you are identifying with that person's needs. But if you have never had a problem, how can you talk to someone who has had one? So that's my take on it. And it's, and it's mm. more so in how you live, how you speak to people, how you treat people. Sometimes you can walk up to a person and just say, oh, my, you have a beautiful smile. Oh, you have a wonderful smile. You don't know that mm-hmm. that's what that person needed to hear to really lift their spirits. And, you know, if you're just kind to people, if you reach out to people you're willing to do for others that cannot do for themselves, your life becomes a ministry and your life becomes a guidepost, a signpost for others, and they will come to you and they want to know what you're doing and how and how you're being helped. And so then slowly but surely they will turn to God in their own way. Mm. That is something. I'm, it, and I, I was thinking about a c- couple of incidences in, in my life. One is, um, I, I guess I must have been going through something, and I don't know, but mm-hmm. I was in college. 
and I got something in the mail. I opened it up, and it's my mom's old raggedy Bible, a little small old raggedy Bible. And I, you know, I was, you know, I was okay with that. But the thing that really got me was she had gone through in certain areas, and she had marked, like underlined or quoted stuff in red marker for me to to use to I guess to get through whatever it was I was getting through and my my first thought was I I was appalled because I was like she wrote in the bible oh my god and and I was I had to get past that because I was one of those type of of kids I didn't even like writing in my my textbook so the fact that she had taken the bible and did this I, I it just really threw me off at first and then I you know I was like okay this woman took the time to go through her Bible and mark certain things to help me get through whatever it is while I'm here in college, away from her and away from what I'm accustomed to, to just make sure that I stay on the right path, you know. And, and I mean, I have that to this to this day. I can't tell you how much <laughs> I appreciate it her taking that time. So um, sometimes we, we do have to kind of go the, the little extra mile and say, well, whether or not you think this is right or for you or whatever, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and bless this person and, and um, you know, make sure that they are able, whether I'm there or not to kind of stay on the right path or whether it's the Bible or whether it's some other book or prayer um, I, that we pass along to our younger, you know, generation, I think is very important. It, I mean, because at least that's an action. That's a, a spiritual action. That's an action that shows that someone cared enough about you to take that time to, to make that move, to, to make sure that, that you are, are still guided whether they are there or not. So but that's we're going to take our – yeah, we're going to take our final break. It is National Spiritual Literacy Month, and we want to make sure that, you know, we can answer some questions for you. And if you have any additional questions, when we come back, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, we've got a full week coming up, um, and also Friday we have the Diet Diva with us, Tara Collingwood. So, you know, you got your questions about your holiday menu. Might be able to answer some of those for you, so make sure you join us on Friday for that. But uh, in the meantime, we are back here. We are talking National Spiritual Literacy Month. Um, getting some insight with uh, Reverend Doris Hamilton. If you have questions in a few minutes that we have left, the number is 516-387-1944. Um, I, I know I, I've kind of asked a lot of you today, especially um, asking you at the last minute to take this, this challenge on about this topic, so I really appreciate that. So um, do you have any favorites? Uh, books that you use or turn to, things that you've shared with other people um, that that have been of, of service to you, that have been of guidance to you? Um, I, you know, 
before I say that, I wanted to piggyback on something that you said before the break, you know, about reaching yes. out to people and, and how mm-hmm. do you know where to start. There, was, there, there is a guy in my church who is struggling. He has a struggle, and he and I both know what it is. Uh, and and um, I lost my, my – I have a, my Bible that I truly love is the New Living Translation Study Bible. And mm-hmm. um, I left that by, and I have another one called the uh, Ryrie, and that's good too for research. But I left my study Bible in church, did not know where I, I left it. I thought my girlfriend had it because she was in seminary, and I let her use some of my seminary things. And I thought she just wasn't being truthful with me, and I was upset. <laughs> so about a year later, the guy calls me and he said, Mother Hamilton. You know, I've been meaning to tell you that I have your Bible. And uh, I couldn't understand. I, why, why have you kept it all this time? He said, because I put it on the shelf, and I forgot about it until I moved, and I saw it. And I've begun to read it, and it is really blessing my life. I'll give it back to you, but I'd like to know uh, if you want it, but can I keep it? And that Bible mm. is expensive. And I told him, yes, you can keep it. He said, the thing that really stands out to me is that you have written all through this Bible. You have all kinds of markers and little notes and stuff. He said, and that really helps me. And so that's a way of, of ministering to somebody that you don't even have an idea about, like your mama did to you, mm-hmm. to you and for you, you know. Because your Bible, I want to say your Bible is a workbook. I have stuff mm. written all through my Bible, you know, all oh, kinds wow. of upside down in the pages, uh, underlined here and there, because it really is your workbook. It's just it's a guidepost for life, you know, for living your life. So, but and, and I, uh, you know, my mom wouldn't dare put a mark in her. She thought it had to be pristine, you know. But yeah, and I think that's that's what it was for me. I was like, she oh, and red marker in this book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. I appreciate that you said that. It is a workbook. It's a guidebook for our lives. And um, so I think we've got to get to a point where we feel more comfortable with it. And it's not just something that is put in a place of reverence uh, on the shelf. You know, I mean, we we I mean, it should be put, but we need to take it down and use it, you know, and then put it back up there. What what to do with it when it becomes so old and ragged and falling to pieces? You know, that Mm. might have a problem with trying to get rid of it. Mm. You know, before I start to get another one, but the one I'm using right now, it's it's uh, it's really worn and torn. I have stuff written all all through it because that is, and we have to remember that the church is like a hospital where we go to receive healing and everybody sitting on your pew has a problem, you know, or has something that they're trying to work towards uh, with God. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to find, you know, people talk, people are so hypocritical. Well, where else are they going to be straightened out if not under the word of Christ? Right, right. Because, I mean, we're expecting perfection from imperfect people. Right. I think that's, that's what we have to get past. No perfect person. We're yeah. all striving for perfection and, and we mess up. And what was the question you asked me now? <laughs> you asked me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even remember at this point, but because um, I was listening and I was, I was, I really appreciate I was just really appreciating the fact that you kind of broke that down in terms of saying, okay, this is a workbook. This is a guidebook. You know, it's not, it's not just the piece that you sit up on, on the, the special place on the bookshelf or, or on the nightstand or, or wherever it's gotta be, it's gotta be used, you know? Sometimes you have to make notes to yourself and you you want to come back to it or you might want to refer to it. You need to be able to find it quickly because you're not going to remember mm-hmm. everything that's in there. You know that's in there, but you might not be able to go to the exact spot. But if you have a little marker or something, you can turn right to it. Right. So that's what and, I, and I think we also have to um, make sure that we we are able to go back to it and look at the context around it. We I mean, we hear certain um scriptures and certain phrases 
all the time to the point that we can memorize them, but sometimes we have lost where the context was of them, how how they came to be so important. What was the background situation on on that? Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people can recite the twenty third Psalm, but um, you know, do we know what the, what the background is behind that? Do you know why is it so important and so relevant? You know, so you know what other you know what other uh, psalms that you know may may have some sort of relevance or significance or, or tie into that one. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things that we have to remember, other than just the the phrases that everybody recites at someone's wedding or someone's funeral or someone's baptism. You know, there's there's other words, there's other things that are going, stories, as you mentioned, relevant stories in the Bible, other than those few phrases that we take during the special occasions. That's true. That's true. You asked me what was my favorite uh, <laughs> book oh, yeah. in the Bible. It's Psalm. Uh, mm, because okay. Psalm covers a lot, you know. And when I look at it deeply, Psalm is divided into five books. And, you know, we say people want to want to say division. There's no division. They're, they're individual books. And there are five mm-hmm. books in Psalms, and they all compare to the Pentateuch, which is the five books of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, uh, starting with Genesis. So um, there are things in there that I really look to sometimes, and uh, a portion of Isaiah. Those are my favorites that I go to, especially when I'm uh, depressed or I need encouragement, uh, whatever it is that you need, because you have to realize that these men that wrote uh, in Psalms, they had problems, and they didn't have a problem with speaking their mind uh, to the Lord and expressing how they felt. And uh, and then in the end, they always came back to uh, lifting him up and praising him for all that he had done for them. So the Psalms, I usually find consolation in Psalms. But I read read several different things. I'm I'm trying to make myself read uh, the Minor Prophets, which I have not, I've done spots and spots. I've jumped around, but I'm trying to go through every one of them right now, so in my daily Bible reading. But uh, my favorite thing, I think, that covers everything would probably be uh, in Psalms. Mm. My favorite person in the Old Testament is David. Okay. Because David was a rascal. He wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. we always talk about King David, this, that, and the other, but David wasn't a good father. And there were some things David really messed up, but David had this for working for him. When he messed up, he knew how to fess up and ask God for forgiveness. God called him his mm. after his own heart. I said, if he could call David that, then surely I have a chance. That's and so in the true. New, in the New Testament, it's Paul, because Paul was a profound and prolific writer, and he really uh, wrote right to your heart, and, uh, mm. and that's where I am, you know. But I look at these Bible characters, and I said, hey, you know, if you guys made it in, then I know I have a chance. Because <laughs> some of them <laughs> For sure. Reverend Hamilton, thank you so very much for taking the time out and having this discussion with me today. Really appreciate it. You take care. Uh, thank you for being for asking me to be on. You're welcome. Anytime. You're welcome back anytime. And thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Um, if you have any um Topics that you want to have addressed, just hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Send me a message. We'd be happy to to look into that. In the meantime, we are going to go. This has been G's Power Hour. Never had it so good entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.